dig deep. What is your passion? Get back here! And how do we turn that passion into money? A euthanasia service that comes to your door. You're listening to The Night Before, a movie podcast. Each episode, we find a unique place in the city and share a drink and our thoughts about the movie we watched the night before. This is Lee, and I am joined, as always, by my husband, Jesse. Did I say that on, on the video? No, you should say probably beard hair. Beard hair. Because we're at a brewery. We're at a brewery. There's a hair on the table. It's a beard hair. You said it was probably beard hair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gasparilla International Film Festival. Yeah, we did it. Review episode. Yes, we did it. It was fun. Well, no, right? That's what we were doing. We only went... We only went to two days of Two days of the... And only it's, like but one. But it was only Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, but only like one hardcore day of filming. Filming. Film festing. Festing. Yeah. So the Gasparilla Film Festival is a film festival in Tampa, Florida. Yep. Annual. Uh, this is fifteenth year. And we've gone, I think, what since? Two thousand. Seventeen. Maybe before that. Maybe sixteen. It all starts back at a lazy Saturday morning, not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And you're, yeah, maybe let's say 16. So when we went and saw that Nirvana documentary? Well, we, yes, we saw that one earlier, Montage of Heck. That was a long time ago. But that, that we just went to go see that. Yeah, we just went to see, we didn't go to the whole festival. The year later. Yeah. We went to the whole We had festival. nothing to do on a Saturday morning. And I said... Let's go see the film Let's festival. Let's go to the film festival. Let's get passive. Just go all day. Yeah. And we went, all day movies. We went on like an all day Saturday. And then the next year and we got passes for the weekend. The weekend. Saturday and Sunday. We usually do it for our birthdays. Mm-hmm. And then, so we've been quite a few years. We didn't go last year. Well, with COVID, we've kind of been away. And then the year before, I don't think they had it. Yeah. So we're back. And, um... But I think it's neat just to do the, it's that idea of just seeing a bunch of movies, like you see three to four movies. In a row. In a row. It's a marathon. And really, more times than not, you're not fully. Clear on what the movie is. Yeah. Like I know in years, this year was more so than ever. Years past, I know one year we saw, like there was an old Kidman, Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go see that. We saw Moonlight one year. Yeah. Um, at the film festival. What's that? At the film festival. Yeah. We saw Moonlight, yeah. But we knew we were walking into, oh, this is Moonlight. We need to go see it. And then there was um, that Jim Gaffigan movie like we mentioned mm-hmm. in the previous episode. Yeah. Being Frank, I think it was called at the time. I don't know what the movie changed. changed. They changed the name, yeah. And so we were attracted to certain movies that we knew the people in, either the directors, writers. But this time, so that's always fun. But, but this time, like, I just read the summary. If it sounds slightly interesting, I'm like, let's go do it. Let's see it. Who cares if it's bad or good? Or I don't think. I don't nothing think we saw was bad. I don't think we've ever seen a bad film in the film festival. One no. that I was like, oh, over all the years, oh, I don't wish we'd seen that. Our biggest mistake is we walked in to see one cut of the dead, a we Japanese left. horror film. And left. I think it was like our fifth film of the day. Yeah. And it was like 11 o'clock at night or something. It and was late. A year or two later, I rewatched it. And I don't think you've seen it yet. No, you watched it. And Julian. I fell in love with it. Yeah. I fell in love with that movie. So it was really good. Um, but no, before that, where we, we just finished day two. We saw some shorts, some made in Florida shorts at the, at the University of Tampa. Yeah. Women, women filmmakers. And we're at the, we're missing the closing film. They're doing Old Henry at the Tampa Theater. Which is a Western, right? Yeah. Blake, Blake Nelson stars in it. 
And they do the closing ceremonies, which we've never, ever done the closing ceremonies. No. The award ceremony right. and the final movie. But instead, we strolled on down the street a couple mm -hmm. blocks away to Magnanimous Brewing. Sitting outside on this lovely March day mm -hmm. of like 60 degrees outside, 65. Yeah, it's a little chilly. It's a little chilly, but we are sitting outside. Some interesting things have gone on, and we're drinking a um, double IPA called Juice Lord Almighty. Juice Lord Almighty. Juice Lord is before kind of that, their signature yeah, IPA. Before that, we had Master of the Hazies. Master of the Hazies. See a trend in our choices. So they have, we've talked about Magnanimous before. They have really good IPAs. Um, and there's a pineapple sour I got my eye on. Yes. We'll see if it's as good as the old cripes from Angry Chair that we mm. raved about in the uh, yeah. two episodes ago. We'll, we'll, we'll compare. At Circa, we'll 1949. Um, so, no, I thought maybe we could just run down yesterday. Okay. Because we saw three movies. Three and then we can kind of wrap up on our little shorts. But I think on this, anybody listening, right? Order. These movies that I'm sure will pop up somewhere at they some will. point, maybe on a streaming service or a red box or something. They're, you're not, I don't think any of them are going to end up on theaters. They're not like heavy hitters, you know. But you will see these pop up on a streaming Netflix or Amazon sure. at some point if you do. You should I check them out. All, all three, three we saw were, were worth watching. They were different. Yeah. They're, you know. All completely different, which was fun because we sat for a long time. There was no break in between the movies. No, but thank goodness <laughs> these were um, short films. They were short, but from but about 5 p.m. until 11, we were in a movie. No, but short, when I say short, it means they were all like 90-minute films. Right. Which but these days once is a one ended, the other one was starting. Yeah, so yeah, kind of. We thought we'd have a little break to eat dinner, but we didn't. Well, as much as we love Gasparilla Film popcorn Festival, for dinner. well, two nights in a row, we'll get to their popcorn meals. <laughs> um, I mean, we love you at God, uh, Gasparilla Film Festival. We do. But there's always... It's a little disorganization. It's a little, yeah. It's a, it's a, so we tried to plan. We, looking at the schedule, we had a little bit of break. So we tried to have, make a food plan and, like, grab a drink in between like we were going to go down to this pretty good pizza place mm -hmm. not great but pretty good and grab a drink and the pizza in between but it didn't work out because yeah. everything started later and what we was, had popcorn for dinner what was neat about and I, I, they're kind of just in this the only bummer part about Gasparilla Film Festival is currently it's not all centrally located in one area area mm -hmm. I, you know I get it it doesn't have to be in one theater but one part of town would be nice. yeah. Before a lot of it kind of lived in Ybor City, right? And they and shut down post the COVID. That's changed. Mm -hmm. Our theater's gone. So Intro Ybor, yeah. Area or that area is not gone. It's just the theater. The theater's gone, gone yeah. from that. So some of it's downtown. Some of it's. Remember previous when we saw that Nirvana thing? It was downtown, like where Sparkman well, is. The Channel side. Area, yeah, yeah, Channel side. No, so we're like, we're in a theater. We're in like an AMC movie theater amongst all the other moviegoers. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like tucked off in the back wing. Like, oh, go, go to these theaters. Yeah. So, but no, so our plan was to kind of see, but it, it was just to, to, to get some food. But we were just like we're going for rushing it. from movie to movie. And, yeah. But I think that's sort of the fun of it. That's what I like about. Yeah, that is the, the fun because you don't typically do that in your everyday life. You kind of pause, just like when you go to a music festival. You spend all day at a music festival. Yeah. You kind of pause and just focus on movies that you might not typically see or, you know, music you might, might not typically listen to. Yeah, so you don't even have time to, like, think. You're just like, okay, this movie's next. This movie's done. Our next movie starts. we got to go get in line for that one. Yeah. Because you also have to, like, try to get a good seed and I don't know. Because you can't pick your seat. Yeah. So like through all that, can. like you said, we ended up having no... Well, I guess we'll get to our dinner when we get to our third movie. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but a similar thing happened the previous night with the Batman. Is, is yeah. Because it started at 6. 
we were rushing to get to the theater after work and then it's three hours long so long so we just we ate that entire big bucket of popcorn which never happens large popcorn for dinner yeah. yes <laughs> you'll see that that happens again so i guess the first movie was a little film called marvelous and the black hole yeah and um it's a comedy it's a comedy, yeah, it's a comedy, and kind of a coming of age, yeah. You know, we were talking at the beginning, of before we started, over our first drink, what our format should be, mm-hmm. and though we got a lot of positive feedback about our yay and nay Batman episode. We did. We, we did. said we weren't going to do a yay and nay, just a recap. I just thought of a format for our oh, talk. Oh, tell me, please, because we're in the middle of the podcast right now. I know. This <laughs> just a little inside peek that okay. people have of what it's like right. to, maybe for you to live with me. Yes. Um, after we'll each pick what streaming service we think the particular movie oh, might pop up on. Okay, okay, okay. Because as you were, as I was thinking about Marvelous in the Black Hole, I thought of which streaming service hmm. this will appear okay. on. Anyway. Do you want to say kind of what Marvelous in the Black Hole is about? So Marvelous in the Black Hole is about this um, teenage girl. She's kind of, her mom has. Angry teenage girl. Angry teenage girl. Turbulent, disgruntled teenage girl. What teenage girl is not slightly angry, but her she's more, she's going through a lot of things. Her mom has died. Her dad has has a new love in his life, love mm-hmm. interest. She has an older sister, school. So her sister's you know. older. Seems as if. Yeah. Which Don't gets to think? one of my questions about this movie. Oh, okay. I, cu- I couldn't figure out the age of these girls ever. High it's school an, or it, middle school? It's so an, she's 14 because she has a birthday. You're right. You're yeah. Right. I think, I want to say her... Her sister looks more towards like the 16 yeah. age. They're just kind of more home, homely looking girls. She's a girls. 14 year old who smokes and curses. She and smokes, <laughs> she curses, she fights. She breaks things. She breaks things. She's angry about her mom dying. She doesn't know how to process that anger. She meets this um, quirky old woman. Played by. Huh? Played by. Played by Rhea Perlman, yeah. Rhea, or Rhea, from I don't Cheers. know how you say her name, from Cheers, yeah. which was cool. I like that a lot. And the woman tries to, you know, help her and teach her magic. Yeah, and, she's a magician. Yeah, and she kind of bonds with this woman, but it's it's basically a coming-of-age story, and I've had kind of this girl finding how to process this anger and grief that she's Mm -hmm. dealing with and how her dad is trying to understand it and help her but also live his own life and um it was a a really good little story i thought and i I did like the girl that played the main actress maya check yeah, I think so. Yeah, she played Sammy. Her character, Sammy. Her name is Sammy. She did a really good job. I think she the did a sister. pretty good job. Hmm. Which is funny. I thought the sister did a slightly really? better job than Sammy. The sister was slightly distracting to me. Just like how she was acting, I didn't think was more realistic. I thought the main actress girl did a good job. I think she was over the top angry. Yeah. That's but, what I mean. It was hard. Teenage, we don't have teenage girls. I hear I that teenage <laughs> no. girls are really dramatic, more than we're used to having in our home Yeah. with boys. So I wouldn't, I mean, I have nieces, and there's a lot of drama in the teenage years with girls. Yeah. So. No, it, it does, yeah, so it, it was a neat little story about, um, About her, the girl Sammy. And it, you know, it had this vibes, and maybe it was Perlman's performance and the way she did it, right? It had like Harold and Maude vibes for me. Not not mm-hmm. the romance not the side, sexual part, but, but the part about a young person meeting the eccentric old person mm-hmm. and learning about life through the eccentric old person. Do you know what it reminded me of? I think what? it was a movie we saw at a film festival. That, like, grandma movie. It was called, like... Oh, with the gr- with What's-Her-Face from, um... With Gardner from Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't what see that at a film festival. We just went and, and saw that. The actress was... 
someone famous as well, yeah. the older lady. Yeah, no, yeah, we're not helping folks, but I remember that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Julia Gardner was in it. That's what we saw. We just saw it to see it. The girl, the lady that plays, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but, but this also, Perlman's performance reminded me of Ruth Gordon's performance from Harold and Maude. Mm -hmm. That yeah. same sort of. She re kind of. She's extremely sad and she has deep sadness within her. Which yet, I mean, she has deep sadness, but yet it, she's she's decided to celebrate life, to to find ways to celebrate the sadness. To she find has. the positivity, and that's exactly what this girl needs. Yeah. She needs to figure out how to move on with life and find the good parts and the hope, even though that grief of losing your mother is never going to leave, go away. Yeah. But there's still a way to embrace life in a positive. Was the theme. And had a little thought, a little thing about the father, how to kind of connect to his daughter. Yeah. Because he was kind of blind to her, of Me. her way of suffering and right. mourning and dealing mm -hmm. with the loss. Um, so they didn't really go into it. There was a neat little, they were an Asian family, so there's a, a little dynamic there in that. Um, and even the father's new girlfriend girlfriend, fiance even, was African-American. So there's a lot of neat little parts in it. And that was my one thought of watching it, was that this movie was good at a film festival. And maybe if I just saw it at home one day, it felt like it needed a few more minutes in the oven, though. You know, like, yeah. it, they could have... Made parts more heartwarming, more deep, more... Because the film, it was short. It's only 81 minutes. Yeah, I thought and it was like, a really good story. I was like, I think find 10 more minutes, you know, 10 more pages of a script that maybe got cut. I don't know. Could have flushed out a few more of the, the things a bit. I just struggled with, as I said at the beginning, I spent half the movie just trying to figure out how old she was because it was confusing. Did she get kicked out of school? She was in school, but she got in trouble in school. And then she was in this community college. No, I think class. I want to say she. Like, I, I couldn't understand why she was sent to community college. It was this was just an extra class. I think it was extra, and I think, and I'm not trying to sound stereotypical or. No, it's, dad was just keeping I her think, busy, giving her. I think keeping her busy, giving her more, and like, giving her something like. Or maybe Something it was creative to maybe this was summertime. Maybe it was the summer. It might have been summer, because it just feel like going to real school kind of dropped from the equation. It was like right at the beginning that she got in trouble at school. She got that black eye, got in that yeah. fight, and then dad enrolled her in community college, or else he was going to send her to like boot camp. And it could have been a summer, because I yeah. think that was like a summer camp thing. I just thought it was weird that you know the the community college professor calling home saying. Yeah. Your daughter's not in class. I'm like, well, she wouldn't. They don't, they, they don't do that. Yeah, they don't, <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> but you're right. It must have been this. this extra, and it was an entrepreneurial, like, class. class. Starting business. And that stuff, I just think maybe it got cut or wasn't fully explained. So I spent too much in the first part thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But as the, the second half of the movie does much better than the first half. Um, and you kind of get into it. So I liked it. Yeah, I liked the relationship between Rhea, Perl Rhea Perlman and um, the actress Mia, Maya, whatever her name is. Um, yeah, I just had that like mentor. We saw that mentor relationship. We saw the same thing in Coda. Yeah, I think I like movies like that because I loved Coda. Yeah, I loved Coda. Well, we'll get we it, if, talk it, about it. If we get to our Oscar okay. show, we have. A, I was yeah, we have an about Oscar this. Show we have coming. so many podcasts to record. Ideas. The night for the Munch of March, the 1990 episode. I think you said the Munch of March. The Munch of March. <laughs> the month. That's a screenplay I'm working on. The Munch of March. The Munch of March. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really good idea. The Munch of March. Um, no, the month of March. The month of March. We have now our Gasparilla movie festival episode. Yeah. We have the 1990 episode. Yeah. That we're working towards. And we're working towards the Oscar, Oscar episode, which episode, is March 27th. Like our picks. Our picks. 
And we got to get it out the before Fort the twenty seventh. Through the Arthur movie, Arthur Oscar movie. Yeah. Oh, I just don't want to watch West Side IPAs Story. Getting that. All right. <laughs> so real quick, if okay. if you're thinking into the future, which streaming service do you think Marvels and the Black Hole is going to pop up on? Um. Do you on the spot? Want me to go first? Yeah. And then you'd be I like, okay. I have two in my mind. Oh, you have two? Yeah. What are the two? No, you go. No, tell me, let's say the two, and I'll tell you if one of mine. I'm going between Hulu and Amazon Prime. All right. It's neither one of those. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I could see Hulu. I picked Netflix. Oh, okay. You know, like Moxie, this movie's going to pop up on Netflix one day. Okay. But I could see Hulu de- tends to go for the Hulu. more quirky I'm, comedies. I'm, my first instinct was Hulu. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe Amazon Prime. But my first thought was Hulu. Okay, I like Hulu. So we'll say look out for Marvelous and the Black Hole coming soon to Hulu. <laughs> or Netflix. I think Hulu is the better choice. I yeah, like it. I, I like Hulu. Hulu. Um, but it was a cute film. I liked it. All right, so then the movie ends, and they whisk us out. They whisk us out. Even though we're returning to the exact same room. Exact same room. So we can't keep our seats. <laughs> we have to rescan our tickets. And we enter the lobby again to a packed area. Packed. Full of Not even movie. hardly enough time to get no, we couldn't even get anything to eat or drink. No. Because when movie. we come out, who do we see? The, the casting whole crew. The cast of the next movie. <laughs> a relative. <laughs> the director's so there. Like, and the line is packed. We're like, we got to get in line. Not the whole actors. Um, Wendy, Wendy Roby from Twin Peaks is, was in this movie, but she's not there. Well, not there, but a ton of actors. But most of the other there. folks were there. Yeah. And so. And the director. And because we just sat in this Marvelous in the Black Hole movie, we're not at the end of the line. We're, we're standing in line with the cast. No, no, but we're at the end of the line. Oh, yeah. Then they went in, but we had to get in the regular yeah. line. So we're in the pedestrian the pud the the pond sludge part of the line here. Popper. The pond sludge. Pond. Pond, like the bottom of a pond. The oh, sludge. Oh, pond. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got it. So we get whisket. So we get. So then we eventually get into the theater. We're yeah. like the last two people to walk in the theater. So and we're who like, do we have to sit amongst? Well, I didn't even know that was him at first. Who? What do you mean? So we we go to the seat we want. And we're like, excuse me, are those two seats taken? Yeah. And the kid guy, kid guy, Young college age, person in their 20s. Person in their 20s is like, oh, no, of course, go ahead, sit there. Oh, I knew and it then was I'm, him. I didn't know it was him. And then I was like, as the movie started, I was like, this is the guy. This is like one of the main characters in the movie. And then all of the main characters are sitting right in front of us. No, we were forced and we're to sitting sit right next amongst to the talent of the film. The director was right behind us. Right behind us. Michael yeah. Smith. And in the beginning, I whisper over to you, I say, behave yourself. Because. Because years ago, I fell years asleep. Years ago, he falls asleep during a movie. <laughs> and the director is sitting right behind us. And I'm like. So embarrassing because he's literally snoring in the theater. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who you're talking to right now. <laughs> but but the point is, that year, it was like the 10 o'clock movie. Yeah. It was a moody, slow horror film. Right. In a foreign Polish. language. Polish. It was like in Polish. I don't even remember this yeah. film. It was in Polish. It was one of those that was good, but nothing really happened till the end. I, I, th- I seem to remember you liking it. Yeah, I liked it, but I don't remember it. But it was our fourth movie. Yeah, it was late. And I remember just not getting to stay awake for half of it. Yeah. And the yeah. director was right in front of us. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, when that Q&A session opened, we just ducked out we of there quick. We were out. I was like, oh, my God. The director sat behind us, and my husband slept the whole No, well, that one, he sat in front of us. You weren't my husband then, but yeah. He, he sat in front slept. of us. Oh, in right, front of us. He was right in front, in front of, of us. us. You're right. Um, so anyway, the whole but no, cast no, I didn't realize. I knew that he. Us. I knew the guy we asked us could we sit next to was one of the actors. Because when we got with when we came out of the theater and all the cast and crew got whisked in real quick to get their spots, he was chatting how we kind of just got here. He still had his 
backpack. He was he was in travel mode. He had his backpack. He had his mm-hmm. headphones. Um, all the stuff. I think even I think even had a rolly suitcase with him. Something. Right. So I saw him, and when we came up the stairs for our seat, I saw him sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's the dude who's in this movie. Right. Um, What's his name? I was gonna look him up. He plays the character Benji. Is his, in the movie Cameron Roberts. Yeah, Cameron Roberts. Yeah. Um, his character was Benji. And so, and he was really cool. Yeah, he said, yeah, no problem sitting next to us. I didn't realize that the whole row in front of us was like all the cast. And then the director introduced the film. Even Francis, whatever his last name is. Oh, Francis was the treat that he was in the theater. We didn't quite realize that at first. Because he was the best thing in this film. Yeah. Um, 100%. And then the director comes and pops in like directly behind you. Yeah. And this this is like a small theater. Yeah. It's like old school seating where you can kind of see the back of the head. The back of the head of the person in front of you. It was a really good film. Yeah, so relative. I really enjoyed it. And it really touched me in a lot of ways. Yeah, the director introduced it that it was, well, he did it two ways. I think he did a better introduction in the lobby. He was telling somebody about it. He said, oh, this is a film about a family coming together for a graduation. College graduation. Yeah, college graduation. Of the guy we were sitting next to. Of the guy we were sitting next to. And it's about one relationship ending and another beginning. Yeah, and that's true. But it's more than that. No, I know it's more than that. And then he said in the theater, it's a story about love. It's a story about love and it's a story about family accepting each other through your flaws and, and... you know, knowing, well, knowing, it's just so hard. Family is so hard. Well, what did the director say? He said it was. Um, he said something about he that. He said that when you have problems in a family, it's not because it's, when there's conflict in a family, it's not because there's lack of love. It's because there is too love. too much love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love someone yeah. too, which is so true. And no, I thought. This movie really resonated with me too much. I'll be honest. Before we left the house, you were like, this is the one I'm not that most yeah, excited to I see wasn't. about. I was I wondering really if I know that since you threw me on the bus for snoring at a previous film festival. No, no, no. no you're right. <laughs> I, I read the summary and I thought this you're might like, be slightly boring. Yeah, like, you're like, I don't this know. Is the one I, and I said, you're I right. think this is the one I want to see. Yeah. I and, and But then once you kind of got more into it I was excited well there was no tra- we couldn't find a trailer online but I started reading some articles about the director and some of his other films yeah and then I saw that Wendy Roby who plays um, the cheerleader with the eye patch and mm-hmm. Twin Peaks yes and I didn't realize she was in it either yeah. and that kind of ups the game for the movie for sure yeah Ed Ed Hurley's Wife. Wife. I mm-hmm. forgot her character's name. She kind of re- re- regresses to a teenager. Yeah, yeah. To be a teenager. Um, and with her curtains, her yeah. runners, runners, with those, with her curtains. silent runners. Yeah. Um, so seeing her in it, I kind of got, I'm like, okay, cool. The director, writer, if he cast this person, and, you know, you kind of start thinking, okay, he's on the wavelength of. Yeah. Like um, it has with itness. Like it's kind of cool and in touch um that got excited but no i thought my one thought watching it initially my first thought watching it was that well just his general take on like family dynamics even though families don't that's kind of how the ideal how you hope families interact i think I thought he, it was just very authentic. So authentic. In, I in thought the fam- it was but, so but authentic. But not even in the writing of the families, of just how the, the actors connected. Yeah, the interactions of the family. For a low-budget indie film? I was like, wow. 
so authentic. They there felt like a real so, family. Yeah, they really felt like a real family. There were so many things that I just was like, you could connect to no matter who you are. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying I connect to it. I think anybody can, can find things in this family to connect to. Like, and just, there are so many parts in the movie that I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this person in my family or this is this hat you know just i mean i'm not naming any names but the you know no i know no but the but sibling it's a, in the basement everybody has a sibling or family member that's 30 something years old still live you know that is that like arrested development can't kind of move on can't move on mm-hmm. sibling whether they're living in your parents basement or not yeah yeah Everyone has that, and whether it's an uncle, a sibling, whatever, it's there. Now, granted, he he was kind of covering all the bases, right? You have the lesbian couple. You yeah, have he was. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sibling who lives at home. You have the college graduate slash the kid who's like ten years apart from the rest of his family, his siblings, which is Cameron. And I love that it was sense. just like super liberal family. But then you have lovely. Yeah, and then you have the other dynamic of the traditionally the the wife husband, the husband wife and the kids child but yet the husband doesn't participate in that sort of family right so ha- that's the character i related to so much oh, i'm sure and that like, was the neat thing by the movie that they didn't really talk on like when was her character's name wendy i think they didn't really go into her role too much but she was, I have to talk about it wasn't Wendy. her Wendy. for a second. First of all, I thought she was a phenomenal actress. They didn't go into her too much. She was kind of the because, good girl. Because she's the one. That doesn't have any problem. Well, no, wait, no. wait, quote, doesn't have any she's, problems. She's not sharing her problems. She's not sharing her problems. She wants her family to seem fine. She doesn't want to burden her parents with yes. any of her problems. She loves coming home to her family. She has this ordinary everyday family that she's supposed to be grateful for and love. And she, the ending was so perfect with her going back into her home after visiting her family. I felt that way 150 times in my old marriage, going home, like visiting my family in West Virginia and then going home to my now ex-husband I felt that way so many times. But when you're the person that is mm-hmm. not supposed to have problems, like all your siblings have issues. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not going to burden. You don't really feel like you have anything to complain about and nobody really asks you. Yeah, because she know? was. Like, yeah, that, that's what I thought was really good. That's the, I love that. I love um, that. But it's also, it's the one, you know, yeah, they're worried about. The 34-year-old who's living in the basement who can't get over his divorce. They're worried about... Well, he was also in... He has PTSD. Yeah, and and, he had other issues. And they're worried about the... His mental health. The 20-year-old who just graduated college and moved on. He's the baby. He's He's 10 years apart from him. Yeah. They're worried about the failing marriage of... Their daughter The the daughter... Gay. -hmm. The gay and the daughter and, and, and that. And it's the one they're not... Worried about the one, the one, the not, one who has gone the traditional. The one route. they're not focusing on is also the one who's struggling just as much, if struggling not more. Struggling just as much. Yeah. But she's just not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was good. But that's what I mean about authentic. He, he did a really good job. The director, writer, Michael Glover Smith. I've just, of just kind of pinpointing those dynamics mm-hmm. in the family. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Like I liked that he was able to do that but with with four siblings there is that dynamic mm-hmm. like you said like he covered all the bases he had the you know gay couple blah blah but when you have four children your children are going to cover all the bases because they're they're all going to be completely different and they're all not going to marry, have kids, and be mm-hmm. like the traditional family. That's just, that, that's life. Like, and I'm. 
No, it's funny. Modern family. I, I thought there was a key line in there I thought was funny. Not funny, just like it makes you think about, like, just as a parent. That's, I mean, I don't know anything about the director and writer beyond kind of what he presented at the festival and, and, and whatnot. So he could have kids. He could be, I don't know, right? But I thought it was insightful writing when the father character named David, played by the Francis. actor Francis... Mm -hmm. Gunian. I don't know how to say yeah. his last name, but um, but we you've seen him in multiple films. Yeah, he's like he really he's really great, and his performance is like spot on. Mm -hmm. So good. I mean, it's so like good. the perfect. Let's say it's like he's the perfect the dad. perfect old dad character, like supportive but frustrated. But he but, he but he channeled the frustration of a father, but then the support of like when I'm really frustrated with my kids and their behavior, and. But I also love them no matter what. But they'll what. support them even though I'm disappointed in some of their choices and their decisions. I don't agree with them. Even make the parents' marriage seem perfect, which I loved about. Yeah, yeah. Like when he says, I love you, and she walks off. I mean, they just have this kind of, like, they love each other. But he had but a little bit of the, he had a little bit of his detachment of like, hey, I kind of detach and do my own thing. Mm. That male detachment, but at the same time. I will kind of... He was a more gentle... I, I will try to understand. I will wrestle with understanding things mm -hmm. I don't understand. For sure. Great performance. Yeah. Greatly written, great performance. But there was even the line when he's laying in bed with his wife, the mom, and they're talking about the kids that night, mm -hmm. right? As parents do. And he says the line, something to the effect of, I wish I was more critical of our children's shortcomings. And she's like, you don't and, think our kids have turned out good? And he's like, yeah, they're good. They're fine. He goes, but he wishes he could be. He wishes he, he could be more critical, but he just sees Because it would have helped them do these struggles they have in life. Mm, yeah. But it was just that questioning as a parent, like the things you let slide. Should I be more critical? Versus Should I be, you see the shortcomings. There's no guide. Yeah. You know, it was just like, I thought a very insightful line. It's one of those like. You know, do you look at your kids? And that was kind of the two views of the parent, right? And sometimes you see it with female and male. Mm -hmm. But that, like, one's too critical, one's not critical enough. Oh, and my it, gosh. When, the, when the, the best scene for me, one of them, is when all the kids leave at the end, like, to oh, go back home. Oh, the empty nest thing? Yeah, yeah. And he tears up, and she kind of, like, pat... They pause for a minute. They, 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 oh, they, they it's pause, a little pause. Like they close the door mm -hmm. and they're all, you know, the chaos is gone. It's it's over. Yeah, like, oh, that's over. And he tears up. Yeah. And, sh and the mom is kind of like, it's okay, we can do this. Yeah. That I, like, related that to that in so many levels. Not just for me and our kids leaving, but agreed, for my family. There was family. the sadness in them, but I also read relief. Too. Oh no! It, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think it's both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that's it's what I so mean. That's much. why I don't know much it's about so the much, writer and director. It's so emotional to like worry about your kids that are adults that you really have no control over. But then you're so glad that they're out of sight, out of mind. But then you're so glad, <laughs> but then you miss them. It's just this like conundrum, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I already feel that now with an 18 year old, and yeah. and I know my like. My parents feel that way when I'm there and gone, and the we, other, we are there and gone. My other thought about this movie, which I was watching it, it was also really good. And maybe it's just a nostalgic feeling on me. Because you don't, even in indie cinema, this was, this was just a talkie movie. This was just scene after scene, really. Of two people talking to one another. Like, they were granted, there were some ensemble moments where everybody yeah. was together, but more times than not, it was just two people talking. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it was the stuff we're talking about, the heavier conversations. But then other times, and this could also be the writer director's influence and whatever, yeah. of those like Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino moments of, oh, we're just going to talk about things that don't really matter. But, you know, like it's, clever, quirky dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then had those moments that kind of added some levity to this film. But it was also just nice to have those 
you don't see that as much. And so it, it almost felt also a bit like of a throwback to um, 90s mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah. Too. And um, I liked the, the new love interest of the college-age boy, college graduate boy. Yeah, yeah. She and was good. No, she was. And she's, I've seen her and in things, I, too. And I, I felt like her, uncom- you know, her entrance into the family and them hanging out it, it was very like a sweet kind of like well that's the other thing it, it, it played well too was just when you're an outsider to a family you're coming into the fi- family you're and they looking saw that at with it two from different a different angle so i said the final thing that i thought was interesting this is a film festival the cast and crew were there mm-hmm. this is also the World premiere. The premiere of this film. So this is the first time they were all seeing it on the big screen. Well, so it was the emotion from the cast watching it oh. was palpable. And the fact that by luck, by circumstance, we ended up sitting with right the cast with and crew yeah. in the theater for lack because that, that was, was the only a, two seats we could find. Great experience. I they're they're cheering throughout the movie. They're like patting each other on patting the back. Patting each other, cl- covering their eyes during makeout scenes. Yeah. Like, like gushing, go, taking pictures hiding. of themselves yeah. on screen. So that was just a fun experience. They were celebrating. So it was nice. And we saw it a bit when we saw the shorts tonight. It was, it was nice it was to neat. see, like, new actors and actresses, like, and, like getting excited about themselves on screen. It well, was, that was really. Yeah, that was, I mean, just celebrating the work. Yeah. Like, celebrating the. So it, that elevates, even though I think Relative is a good movie. I think it's a really good movie. It elevated it. elevated it. For sure. Because you could see their joy in making this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it was neat at the end. They did a Q&A. Q&A. And, you can ask them questions. And, and they, you know, they said insightful things. And it was just, it was just great to see. Yeah, it was fun. Feeling their um, intensity, watching them watch it, feeling their emotion during the movie was just like a really unique experience. And I'll, I'll talk this up. Out of all the Gasparilla film, we've seen other Q&As we've, for the Gasparilla Film Festival, but this is hands down my most enjoyable viewing experience. Yes, for sure. During it. And it's not because we were like starstruck because they were there. It was, no, because they're not really, most of them besides the Francis guy, yeah. are not like big stars at all. But it was just, it was felt like sharing that moment with them, with the film that was heartfelt and meaningful. And they were wonderful in the film. It was a good film. They, it was something to celebrate. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, film. you could tell everybody cared about the work they were everybody putting on. Everybody cared about yeah. it. Yeah. So, which streaming service are we going to see this on? Oh, Netflix. Oh, you got Netflix. Netflix. I, I picked Amazon Prime this oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Amazon Prime. Because okay. I think Prime picks up things like this better. Okay. But okay. maybe Netflix. Maybe. I don't know. What's the Apple? thing? Apple? No. No. Apple's too big, high profile. Oh, okay. They're okay. not interested in, in anything. Um, okay. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where I'm going to go films. with Netflix. And I'm going to go with Amazon Prime. This feels I like a Prime. I will be, say slightly bigger. cheating. I think this movie's going to get bigger. I know one his previous film, the director's, I think his previous film is on, uh, is on Amazon Prime. Okay, good. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. We to it. But this will be on Amazon Video. Yeah. No question. Like okay. a Prime okay. pick. Okay. I don't know. I could, could be wrong. All right. And we didn't say it was filmed in Chicago. It had like a cool Chicago vibe. It did, yeah. It was it was just a good vibe. This movie was really good. Highly recommend it if you can find it streaming. Maybe on look on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with Amazon Prime. All right, before we jump into our final film of Saturday, um, Hatching, a foreign film, I think maybe I want to get that pineapple sour. Let's do it. All right, so we'll pause and pause. no one will even tell, but we'll pause. Okay. Let's go. Okay, we're back. Sour equipped. Sour equipped. It's called pain painkiller. Pain sprain. Sprain killer. Healer. Killer. Healer. I don't know. It's a like apple, pineapple, pineapple. sour. Maybe orange. It's good. It's different. 
All right, so then to recap our night, we then got whisked out of... Whisked out of relative. The relative theater. Only to get back in line, to go back into the same room. Same room. To see a Swedish or Finnish film... Finnish. ...called Hatching. Hatching. Mm-hmm. But because of the Q&A... It was late. Because of the previous movies... Everything was running late. Running late. So we had Our no window to time for food was for gone. Food. <laughs> so I went and, and got... And we hadn't eaten since, like, breakfast. Yeah. It's 9.30 at night. Yeah. So you run off to the concession stand. I get us... Our, I get popcorn and Reese pieces. Our seats, yeah, not knowing what meal is going to present itself. <laughs> it's Reese pieces and, and popcorn. popcorn. A little peanut butter, a little chocolate, a little butter. Got to get your protein. Popcorn. And let me say, I said this on the drive home. I felt bad for anybody in that theater. It's a small theater. It's not a loud movie. It's a quiet movie. It's a quiet movie. We were chomping on our popcorn. And we devoured that popcorn. <laughs> we were starving. <laughs> and Reese pieces. <laughs> I was thinking of that a couple of moments. I was like, is it just loud in my own ear or is it loud in the whole theater oh. of my chomping on Whenever, popcorn? Whenever like, there was loud music or loud sounds for a minute, I would just like devour as much I food as I could. It. I just ate whenever I thought about it. I was cramming handfuls of popcorn in my mouth. No, so this is... A, so Hatching was a different film. Yeah. Well, there's always some different. sort of horror movie, At moody thing. Mm -hmm. But it's never quite what you expect. It expect. So it's not like, I mean, it's, yeah, they're always like either smartly done or well done. It was well done. So this one was a little quirky. <laughs> Over the top, <laughs> but it was well done. I didn't quite know what to expect. I mean, at first, it's kind of like reminds you of E.T. or mm. something. Yeah. Right? At yeah. first, when yeah. she kind of like takes in this egg and kind of like, it's like her baby. Yeah, so it's, so it's this family, this it. family that the mom presents it as like, she even has a YouTube channel or a, or blog, a blog, like the a perfect video blog. life. Or and her whole thing is about how her life's perfect with her kids. Her life's perfect. Her, her two kids. Her two kids. One boy, one girl, husband. Perfect house, perfect kids. Kids have to be perfect. Perfect gymnast. Course, the little girl has to be the best gymnast. Yeah, of course. So that's what she presents online. And of course, what's in reality is not, not that. that. She's having an affair. With a handyman, yeah, basically. And the She's girl, the daughter, isn't the perfect gymnast. She's actually just okay. She's just a normal kid. But what? What's his? Her, the son is a complete brat. Complete brat, spoiled brat. And the husband is unattentive and aloof. Aloof. Detached. Yeah. Plays his guitar with his headphones on. Yeah. And works on his garden. Yeah. So. But she finds this egg, the well, young daughter. The mom, she finds this bird that's hers. And the mom kills the bird, or tries to kill the bird, right? A in front bird of her. flies in, yeah, yeah. Like breaks the bird's neck. And says, put it in the compost bin. Put it in the compost bin. And the girl's kind of traumatized by that. Yep. Just watching her mom just break the bird's neck of this bird that she's tried to save. Yeah. The mom just strikes it off like, all right. So that's like the first hint that the mom is kind of like heartless. Yeah. You know. And then the girl finds an egg when she's throwing the bird away in the compost bin. She finds this weird speckled egg, egg in mm -hmm. the woods and takes it home. And takes it home and decides... Because she feels... Puts it in her bed. Well, she tries to save the bird, but the yeah. bird is in pain and can't be saved. Yeah. So she follows through with killing the bird. Yeah. But then she feels guilty, so she finds the egg, and she adds her, like, Oh, that's right. Of, yeah. yeah. It's the, is it the same bird or a different bird she it's kills? It's the same bird. Same, oh, because it's not she fully goes dead. To the, yeah, it's not fully dead. She bashes it in with, like, a rock. Like, very angrily. Like, yeah. her <laughs> anger is coming out. So she takes the egg home, puts it in her bed, and, and starts nurturing it, basically. And the egg gets bigger. 
A lot bigger. Like, quickly bigger. And then this humanoid bird thing that comes out of, like, the, um, what was that, Jim Henson's um, legend or labyrinth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like a, a something from that, yeah. This weird creature. Weird bird, human-sized creature. Yeah. Starts living in her room under her bed in, in her little wardrobe. And she bathes it. Yeah. And, you know, befriends it. At first she's scared of it, but yeah. then she befriends it. She's connected with it. Mm-hmm. And then, without giving too much away, as you can imagine, the bird starts becoming more human-like. Yeah. And then... Well, it shows her when it's still an egg. Yeah. It shows her... Because when she finds out about her mom's... Her mom shares... I mean, she mom sees... Mom wants to talk about it. Her mom wants to treat her she, like she's a bestie and yeah. tell her about mm-hmm. her affair. Yeah. And how in love she is with this man mm-hmm. and, oh, your dad's just your dad and yeah. whatever. So she's taking all this in, in love as a child yeah. and trying to be adult about it. But she goes to this egg and kind of weeps, like hugs it and cries and the tears are like sucked into the egg. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that part? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So. so, anyway, this egg, this bird starts taking on, <laughs> like, human-like yeah. qualities. And then, of course, anything that angers or upsets the girl, the bird will address and take care of. Um, and because it's a horror movie, right? So And she doesn't realize in, that at first, but then she connects it. Yeah, that this bird is kind of a monster. The bird or, is like, a, it's a... It's a Manifestation. Manifestation of her anger or whatever she's angry about or whatever. Yeah. The bird kind of we'll takes deal care with of. it. Yeah, take care of it. So that's the question you can ask yourself, like, as you watch it, and we even talked a bit about it afterwards. Like, is this all in her mind? Is this like this is this bird real? Is she developing like a multiple personality yeah. where this is just like her side of her that takes care or like deals with all the mm-hmm. anger and issues that she's yeah manifesting because of her mom and whatever else yeah who knows i don't know so i'll say it's fun like for a film festival when this is your third movie like back to back with no real breaks it's you know 11 11 30 at night definitely kept your attention it's a fun little movie it it definitely like winks at you throughout the movie from time to time, but it never is corny or silly. Even well, though it could easily be silly. Easily it, be well, yeah. But 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 I think it does a good job of just kind of like winking at you, like we get it. It's kind of ridiculous. It does, but it also. But it really, never goes full blown horror it movie either. It makes you look at. I mean, over the in an over the top way, but it makes you look at the just the whole social media thing, like when yeah. you. Look at people's pictures and whatever on social media. This is the best version. Of, yeah. This is the painted version of everybody. You but know, none like, of it. It, it doesn't it really hit your. Winks it doesn't. That, yeah, it doesn't hit you over the head with any of it. No, but and that's what I like about it. That's what yeah. I like about it. It could. It doesn't. Like some filmmakers might say, "This is my point," right? Yeah. It's there, just like the ambiguity of this bird creature in general, right? Mm-hmm. You could look at this as a full-blown horror movie. This is a bird monster that shows up that starts killing and taking things over. Or you could look at it as this is trauma and manifestation of emotional issues mm-hmm. of, of how to deal with it. Or you could take a whole different take, which I'm not going to say what it is, because that would kind of ruin the end that yeah. you took. When I walked out of the theater, I was like, what? No, it's definitely there. <laughs> yeah, so the, it was a good movie to end on, I thought, for that night. And it was diff- really different, something that you're not going to forget. Well, we saw like a quirky comedy, the heartfelt drama that wasn't too over-the-top drama. Like, it was right, appropriate. Yeah. And then the foreign 
horror, horror, movie. horror movie. That was a really but was great also short, under ninety minutes. So trilogy, it was perfect. Like trilogy combination of yeah. movies for a film fest. Um yeah, so and we went a different home vibe. feeling good about our. So, what streaming service is uh, Hatching going to oh. show up on? Shutter. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a definite <laughs> Shutter. <laughs> Though occasionally Netflix picks up those oh. foreign films, so you might see it on Netflix, but it's definitely coming to Shutter soon. For sure, one hundred percent. All right, so you can see Marvelous in the Black Hole on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, relative, probably well, these on are Amazon. Predictions. No, we're, we're, we commit to it. Oh, okay, okay. Like they said in the sh- in our shorts, Florida short presentations, you gotta you gotta go for it. About. You gotta go for you it. You gotta go for it. You gotta make go your own it. destiny. Create, create. Relative will probably be on Amazon Prime, maybe Netflix, and um, all of them are gonna say maybe Netflix. All these will say maybe Netflix, and then Netflix hatching. Like a wild card. And then hatching will be on Shutter. Shutter for sure. And then, so that was that. We went home. It was midnight. That was Saturday. Made the drive home. Ate a pizza when we got home. Cauliflower pizza. Yeah. (laughs) And then changed locations to the University of Tampa and watched um, a series of short films that were... Made in Florida, made, made by of, women. Yeah, women directors. Wait, but the last one wasn't made by women. No, it was. It, it was. I think it was directed oh. by a woman. Oh, it was. I think she so. just wasn't there. She wasn't present. Okay. Um, it was highlighting women filmmakers made in Florida. Yeah. Making short films. Yeah, making short films. And I mean, the reality is beyond. You know, like. We kind of joke about where those other films would end up in streaming. That's the one thing. Short films don't have a place. Don't really ever have a home. No, they don't. So I don't know if we'll ever see these again. But except in film festivals and yeah, you know, artsy type places. But they ran the gamut. There was. It was fun to sit there and watch. It was five. Yeah, there was films? a comedy. There was kind of a documentary, documentary. style about Florida state parks. And then a very, very short, like, two minute drama. Film. Which I can dig things that are, like, two minutes. It's fun. It's different. This one wasn't the best, but... It wasn't great. I, I no. could get behind... That would almost be... I had a thought sitting there. Like, maybe we should spearhead the two-minute film festival. Yeah. And all films cool. are two it's minutes. It's kind of like the six-line po- six yeah. poem. Yeah. yeah. Or, or six-word poem. Or the six-word stories. Six-word story, yeah. yeah. And then there was... Um, a very serious drama one, and then a very goofy comedy one. Goofy comedy one, yeah. So that About was the Florida a fun skunk hour, game. basically. But what was more interesting, kind of like a relative. A lot of the actors and directors and producers were, were there. Present. Which was nice. It's fun seeing them being excited about their yeah. film, whether it's 15 minutes or two minutes on there. Yeah. I thought that was, to feel that energy in the room was it's such an intriguing and exciting part of being part of a film festival to go to a film festival even yeah. to see stuff like that is that these people have worked on a project for however long something that they put their energy and time and passion into and to see them seeing it on a screen is really fun just to be there and be a part of whether yeah. it's really good or not that great or you know whatever and it seemed like a lot of them, or all of them, were made amongst COVID. Yeah, it seemed like that. Which sure. is inspiring, too, that people kind of doing something productive during COVID versus... Creative. Mm-hmm. Just kind of yeah. sitting around, not doing anything. I mean, our podcast kind of came out of thinking about COVID. It did. It came kind of a little post-COVID, but we kind of started talking about it. And it's kind of like, you know, that, yeah, you should create something. You shouldn't just consume yeah. but you should create consume and create yeah. you know at the same time but the best short film for me oh okay go there yeah I want to go there okay was Lioness yeah I think that was my pick too it was the more dramatic and and you and so it was like 15 minutes long it was a woman kind of barricading herself in a hotel room from an abusive spouse or boyfriend or relationship or whatever. They don't yeah. know, There's really no dialogue in well, it. Well, in a short movie like that, yeah, you can't. Yeah. And she's there with her daughter 
and she's doing things. She's taping stuff on the wall. You don't really know what she's doing. Yeah. You see her bruises. There's a lot of up close. There's the daughter sleeping. She's folding paper. She's taping stuff up to the walls. She's moving furniture. Um, and yeah, you don't quite know what she's doing. You think she's more like. Is she kind of crazy? Is she leaving is she a message? This? I'm yeah. thinking the whole time, like, she's leaving some kind of message yeah. for someone. She's, like, I don't know. Is she mentally ill? Mm -hmm. Like, what is she doing? Yeah. And then we'll, we'll say the end. Of course. No one's ever going to see Nobody's going to see this. Um, at the end, it shows her, like, daughter waking up in the morning and she's seeing this like basically the mom has like made this big fort with these little like plastic dinosaurs and this she's made wonderland balloons. she's made balloons because it's of balloons, the daughter's birthday air balloons out of the phone book she's hung things up with maxi pads yeah like just making a yeah. birthday wonderland for when her daughter wakes up and she's in the midst of this domestic violence crisis yeah. and it's just showing what women will do for their children, yeah. even amidst their darkest hour. Yeah, but what was and crazy? I loved that. I loved that. A couple, two things we found out I that was that. crazy. One, it was directed by a high schooler. It was, which I thought was impressive. Who wasn't there because he's a he or she, she is at she is at Yale now. Yeah, yeah. And then number two, the young girl who's in it because everybody's kind of talking about what they're doing. Yeah. And that this young girl now, since then, has moved on to big projects. She's in the, the new, yeah, the actress. We work. Young girl. She's we, we the We Work crash. show. It's um, called Crash. Yep, that's coming and on Apple+. And it's about Plus. We Work on Apple+. Plus. And she's the most famous actress <laughs> in that whole lineup of about yeah. 10 to 12 yeah. grown-ups standing up there in the Q&A. She is the person who has gone the farthest, this little seven-year-old She's like, she's like yeah, girl. since this little short, yeah, you'll see my next project on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> on the new, like, on the oh new movie gosh, called Crash. Wow, that's awesome. Which we had just seen the preview trailer for just the other night. We did, yeah. So now, though I wasn't 100% interested in it, maybe now we'll I'm watch it just to see her yeah, again. Yeah, I am, for sure. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, I think it was really good. So it was another good film festival. We didn't go to, right now as we're speaking, Old Henry's playing. They're doing the closing film. They are. We didn't do that. But we had to recap. Um, but no, it was good. So Closing the night with our sour. Yeah. Our pineapple and sour. Magnanimous is picking back up as the sun's going down. It is. St. There's St. our cheers. Celebration. <laughs> Even though it's not St. Patty's Day. Yeah, the city of Tampa decided to celebrate St. Patrick's Day so early. a lot of cities. A lot of cities. Really? Did. Is that a thing yeah, this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. They do it on the weekends um, so they can make more money. Okay. I think it's because it's on a Sunday. No, I think it's because people come out and drink on the weekend. Yes, I mean, so to make it on a Sunday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. To make more money. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, it's Gasparilla. We'll, we don't always do this, but we'll kind of recap that um, if you like it, you can check us out, like, and subscribe wherever you do those things on your podcast services. If you really like it, you give us five stars. If you don't, That'd you hold off on rating us until we get to the five-star status. Yeah, until or, or, or give us some suggestions. Yeah, and we hinted that we do have an Oscar have an show coming up. Oh, yeah. We have an Instagram. We have an Instagram. Where we post a lot of our pictures. And as the ambulances Ambulance drive by. Ambulance goes by. <laughs> we'll pause. Two ambulances. Two ambulances. Oh, fire truck. Fire truck. On location. I was. We always <laughs> film on location. <laughs> I was gonna say, what well, we're also working towards, in a future upcoming episode is, for the month of March, we're watching 1990 films. Yeah. Five of them. Five of them. The Picture of the Year, Dancers with Wolves. We've has, watched already. Which we watched. And Young Guns too. We've watched. <laughs> and we still have to watch <laughs> Awakenings, Pretty Woman, and... Um, Joe versus the Volcano. Yes. And at the end of the month, we're going to be, each of us ranking those independently and see where we fall in those five. We each pick two each, as well as the Picture of the Year. So that's kind of everyone's homework. 
That's an episode. And then in the meantime, we also talk about what other random films we and see. And then we're doing the Oscars. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there in case we have some new folks listening because of Gasparilla. Oh. In case anyone's curious about our Gasparilla Roundup, I don't think there's many podcasts out there that's doing the Gasparilla Film Festival Roundup. Definitely not. Though we only did really one day and the day of shorts. Well. We wanted to see voices from Cuba, but. We did. The downtown Tampa, St. Patty's Day celebrations. The River, got gr- in our river way. Green Fest, whatever. And it's not because we were drinking green beer. We didn't have any drinks. None. We just couldn't. To our dismay, we had none. (laughs) We couldn't make it through the crowds. And it took us like three hours to find a bathroom. Yeah. So that we didn't make it to Voices of Cuba, which would have been really interesting, but we didn't. Okay. Well, this is this. Gasparilla International Film Film Festival Festival, number 15 in the books. In the books. Until Gasparilla. Maybe by 16 will be the official podcast. I don't know. We'll talk to some folks about it. That's what we're hoping. (laughs) We're hoping to get in there next year. At least by the 18th year. Definitely. Probably by next year. I'm optimistic. All right. Film Tampa Bay. Reach out. Let us know. All right. right. It was fun talking. Bye. Bye.